Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? We are back. And normally, this is when I say I got Grifka on the other end of the line, but today, we've got the man, the myth, the legend. He's been known as the big show. He's been known as a lifelong Lions fan. He's the guy that started this podcast with me back in the day. He is the one and only. The big Hughes is on the other end of the line. Hughes, what's going on, buddy? What's up, man? Wow, that was a, that was a great intro. I appreciate all the kind words, even though I know you don't mean them, but, you know. <laughs> oh, man, there's there's nobody else uh, I'd rather talk Lions football with. Just don't tell Grifka or any, anybody else, but you've always been uh, top of the top of the line. I couldn't be happier to have you on the, have you on the podcast today. So Absolutely. we got tons to talk about, man, and I'm so glad you're making this run in today because it is game week, Hughes. We are, like, about ready to play some real football on Monday night in Detroit in Ford Field. Are you freaking kidding me? Man, it's been way too long. It's taken way too long to get here, but it's here, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's been, especially with the way the team's played, it's been a really long preseason, but I'm finally glad we're on game week. we got some actual NFL football on TV tomorrow night, full slate of games over the weekend, and of course, the main event, 7 p.m., Ford Field, the New York football Jets come to town <laughs> to play our Lions, so I'm excited. Oh. Oh man, yeah, it's gonna be big. So this will be the first season we're actually getting to do the uh, the podcast uh, in season. So can't wait for it. But um, without without messing around anymore, like I say, we get right into it. We talk football. So we got so much to talk about today. We want to kick it right off this week talking roster cuts, Hughes. So we mm-hmm. uh, went down from what ninety plus guys all the way down to our fifty three over the weekend. And uh, without going through each one, kind of uh, talk me through some of the cuts that you uh, didn't see coming or ones you liked. Uh, what did you think about how Bobby Quinn trimmed this roster down? Yeah, I mean, I have to say after after seeing the final roster come out, there really wasn't much that was a big surprise. I think, you know, the biggest talk of going into camp was who's going to be the number two quarterback. And I think as the games played, everybody saw that pretty pretty easily, that Castle outplayed Rudox, so him getting cut was, was pretty obvious. Um, obviously, the the star of training camp for the Lions was Powell, and he obviously made the roster. Um, you know, I guess a little bit surprised with uh, how much they featured D. Wash there in the last preseason game, and uh, you know he, he ran pretty hard, played good, and you know he got cut, but I did see that he got signed up, so that was that was good for him. But yeah, pretty much business as usual, man. I mean, there really wasn't anything that shocked me. There was not no like veteran cuts to save cap space or anything like that. So. I thought it was pretty much business as usual. Yeah, that's good stuff. I guess I guess the one that really jumped out at me there was two. I guess 
you know, uh, Deshaun Shedd coming in here and getting like three mm-hmm. mil plus and, and being talked about as, oh, this guy will be uh, starting opposite of Slay and this guy can play safety. He can, he's a real versatile piece. And he seemed like he came out of the gate well and then he just fell off the cliff. So he uh, didn't see much time. I don't know if it was injury, if there was something happening behind the scenes, but he got the boot. So that kind of surprised yeah. me. But hey, I kind of like it where Bobby Quinn, if you're not producing or you have some issue, he's not afraid to get rid of you even if he spends some money. So that's pretty good. And yeah. then uh, Brad- Bradley Marquez, like to me, I mean, he didn't jump off the page at all in preseason. Like, I kind of get frustrated when I hear, oh, well. He's a special teams ace. Like, I understand those guys have to be on the roster, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just don't know what he did excellently other than maybe run down on kicks and a few other things that makes him make the football team. And then the weird part is, like, all these cuts happen, and I see some of these other names I'd like better, and it seems like they're just content to hang on to the guys. So those are kind yeah. of the two names that were at the tip of my tongue of just, eh, you know, either why they go or why are they still here, you know, type yeah. of thing. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head with Shed too, because I mean, if you think about previous regimes, we've always signed crappy free agents from time to time, but never, never have they been cut before making it to the regular season. I think that just kind of shows that Bob Quinn's not afraid to say, you know what, this guy wasn't wasn't what he thought he was, so we're not going to hold on to it to not make it look bad. We're just going to cut him and put our best 53 out there, and I think that speaks volume for the type of you know front office we have now compared to what we've had before. Yeah, definitely. Great point there. And there'll be a couple other things we hit on here as we work our way through the, the show today. Um, of kind of Bobby Quinn's uh, his philosophy or just when he's willing to move on. And, and I guess our next topic at hand, uh, we'll, we'll get into the roster a little bit more as we move through. But, um, you know, speaking about cutting guys, how about when he sees a guy he likes and being able to, to put the money on the table and extend the guy. So Quandre, Quandre mm-hmm. Diggs there in the back end getting a, a nice hefty deal. It's probably around six, seven million bucks a year for the next three years. Yeah. Um, you know, I know I've said on the podcast before with Griska that, um, you know, we're big Quandre fans. We like his, his youth, his uh, want to, his football ability. His uh, We liked his price tag when it was like next to nothing. But uh, what, do you, what are you thinking about Quandre here for the next three, four years? Yeah, I mean, I love the move. I mean, if you think about training camp last year, Quandre was just another guy. Like, last year is really when he made a name for himself. Um, he, he played strong in the slot spot. And when they needed him to step back and play safety, he stepped up and played well back there, too. And I think it's a well-deserved contract. And finally, somebody that we drafted later in the draft that's sort of kind of panned out enough to get contract extensions, which, you know, there's been few far between with those over the past handful of years. So, I think it's a great move. It's a smart move, locking up Quandre back there with Glover, and I think those two make great safety tandem. Yeah, it was kind of jumped out to me when they interviewed Quandre, and he was like, I'm a six-round pick, you know, I'm just blessed, and I'm happy to be here. Like, I didn't realize he was a sixth, and to me, like, as much as we kind of bag on the previous regimes, like, I gotta give, you gotta kinda give Martin Mayhew a little dap as much as we give him grief, cause he did find some late gems, sort of. I mean, we got Theo yeah. still on this roster, we've got, uh, Quandre and a few other guys that, um, he plucked out of those late rounds that have, uh, turned out to be decent players, even, uh, you know, I know they were higher picks, but, I mean, he, he had his hits and his misses, so, um, we're thankful for that, I mean, as much as we love Bob Quinn in this place, he uh, he's starting to show that he's losing some of his draft picks, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, that we were pretty high on or that we thought could be hits in the late rounds. So Quandre, to me, like you just said, he's a he's a great versatile piece. You know, the, the amount, I guess, is sort of the going rate, but, um, you know, he's definitely going to have to kind of 
there'd be higher expectations now to pick up his game there in the back end. And mm-hmm. I like that you can just move him from from back there in the safety or from what I saw of Nevin Lawson against Tampa Bay where he had about eight to ten balls completed on him in a row. I'm I'm pretty uh, interested on sliding Quandre in his spot, you know, or opposite of uh, Slay over there. And then yeah. either playing Tavon or somebody else on the back end because – um, you know, we got to have better corner play before we think about just putting this guy back with Glover, I think. But um, yeah. happy to have him. Glad he's be here. He's got great mentality. He seems to be a great locker room guy. Hopefully he'll be one of the defensive leaders now. Absolutely. Agree. All right. So moving on from there, um, we've got some other NFL news that came this week. we got Khalil Mack going to the mm. Bears, Hughes. Now, I know it was every Detroit fan's pipe dream to have him here, but um, you know, we we kind of assumed that wasn't gonna happen. What do you think about him in the division, making twenty million plus and having to deal with him off the edge for the next five years? You know, it's 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 tough. I mean he, obviously he is one of the best defensive players in the league. Um having him play within our division where we gotta deal with him twice a year sucks. I mean there's no doubt about it. Um the NF the NFC North, Norris, whatever Berman used to call him is, is tough now, man. I mean, Green Bay's back to kind of where they were. Minnesota obviously reloaded on offense. And, you know, Chicago's got some young pieces on offense, but they still got a stellar defense. So it's not going to be an easy division. It's the SEC of the NFL. So Lions are going to have their work up, cut out for them. But, you know, that's why Ricky Wagner's got that big price tag, and that's why Taylor Decker was a first-round pick. So, you know, you gotta you got to trust your, trust your roster and hope that uh, – you know, they don't get number nine hurt back there. But, yeah, I was disappointed that he's coming to Chicago. There's no doubt about that. Hughes, did you just call the NFC North the SEC of the NFL? I did. <laughs> wow. I never, I never heard or thought about it that way. I mean, I know it's it always gets billed recently as kind of like a – remember, we used to be like the lowest division, but it seems like recently we have either been higher. Or how annoying is it every free agency or every draft? seems like the Bears, the Vikings, and the Packers pick up all the guys that we want or every big free agent is coming to our yeah. division. It's getting really annoying, to be honest, because they're not, they're not wearing Honolulu blue. They're always signing up with Chicago or Minnesota, which is annoying. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, if you look at the other three teams, and, like, in my opinion, there's not a cupcake out of those three teams. Like, last couple of years, you could count on us, you know, beating Chicago at home and on the road. You could, beat a, you could count on us beating Green Bay at home. Even a couple of years before that, you could count on us splitting with Minnesota. Now they're going to be tough, tough games, man. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Minnesota's Minnesota's fully healthy, and you know, number twelve in Green Bay always likes to bring it, so it's going to be tough. It's it's definitely the SEC. There's no doubt. It's not the Big Ten because I mean, that's a different story. But oh man, we don't want to get on that side tangent right now at all. But I hear you there, man. So um, I think me and you were talking. I was talking with some other friends recently. Is that I was posing the question of. When is is Bob Quinn with his? You know, he's got his coach now. He's got a pretty pretty comfortable seat, even though people are getting on him a little bit. Like, when and if is he going to take a big swing like this? Because I love Cleo Mack as a player. I mean, I don't know in the NFL if you can if you can pay a guy like that. No matter, you've always heard me say, what do you pay? You you pay your quarterback, you pay your defensive end, you pay your corners, and uh, and then you work it out from there. You know, like receivers sometimes are a dime a dozen, running backs, you know, linebackers for the most part. You can find them at all different types of levels. But to me, quarterback, defensive end, corner are your premier positions that you should be willing to pay. So I like 
what they gave him for that, and that's why I was willing to try to go get him as a lion. One, because we have no pass rush. Two, because he's a premier position. He's in the prime of his career, and I was you're almost willing to dole out that, even though it's crazy money. So I don't know right. when, but do you think Bob Quinn's going to ever find the right player at the right price tag where he'll take the swing and we'll be sitting here one day going, man, can you believe that guy just got inked up by the Lions? We're, we're ready to win with him now. Yeah, you know, I I just think that the way that the NFL is kind of structured with the salary cap and how quarterbacks and stuff get paid, it's going to be tough for that to happen for the Lions specifically with like the, the Stafford contract. I mean, the reason that the Bears were able to do it is they have Trubisky locked into his rookie deal for a few more years, so they don't have to worry about shelling out quarterback money. I mean, you know, right before Stafford was the highest-paid quarterback, it was it was Carr. So, you know, Oakland was looking at it like, okay, we're going to have all this money wrapped up in two guys. How are we supposed to build? And that's that's the hard part about the NFL now is having you know having your salary cap go to just a handful of guys and how are you supposed to put a supporting cast around them? So, it's going to be tough to do. Um, I just don't I don't know in today's NFL if it's something that's feasible. Yeah, real good point about their quarterback being different than ours. I just. I think we need a couple more premier pieces. Like I, I, I don't mind Marvin and um, some of our offensive skill guys, but I definitely look on that defensive side. And other than Slay, Glover's getting older. Like where are those mm-hmm. premier pieces? Because I look at other NFL teams and and I see a couple blue chippers on both sides of the ball. You know that yeah. are hard to deal with. And I like a well-rounded team. To me, it's almost like the Pistons of back in the day, you know, like a well-rounded team versus stars. But to me, you still got to pick your spots. And I hope it comes up, you know, where we'll be able to get a guy like that, where it was just like a perfect storm, the age, the position, Mm -hmm. the type of guy he is. You know, even like when coming to Detroit, you know, you always think like, would he fit here? It just felt like it would work. But anyway, you know, he'll – you almost like want to wish him well, but you don't, you know, with the Bears. Right. So I, uh, I hope it doesn't come back to bite us, but we're definitely going to need some chip blocks and stuff on him because he's a, he's a beast off the edge. But that was big yeah. news in the, uh, the SEC North right here. So, um, <laughs> we've got, uh, we got another item that just popped up on the radar that we'll talk about and then everybody hang in there with us. We're definitely about to do a nice deep dive on this, uh, little game we got coming up here on Monday to kick off the season. So um, right before we kicked off the pod, he was uh, Anthony Zettel out, uh, signed a guy from the Giants, kind of a second-year guy out of Notre Dame, I believe, big old guy. I think he's 6'5", 260-pound-ish, one of those linebacker edge rush guys that they see some promise in, had a bunch of pressures on the quarterback um, in the preseason, I want to say. Do you know the pronunciation of the last name? Wara, Wara, something like that out of uh, Notre Dame. I probably totally had that wrong. But uh, no, what do you think? Zettel out and the new guy in. Uh, I mean, Zettel's tough, man. I mean, I think I think he's got a good story because he's from, you know, up north Michigan and, you know, went to Penn State and whatever. The dude had a high motor, but, you know, there really wasn't much numbers to go behind it. So I think I think it's good that Bob Quinn's looking to update the roster. Um, I don't, don't know a lot about the new guy, but – you know, it just shows me that he's not he's not afraid, and they know that like time is now to get this right. Like we got to make sure that we're just not holding on to guys to hold on to guys. That if there's somebody better, we make room and we get them. I guess that's what it is. You know, it's the trust factor. Like we'll we'll know when they start playing or how long this new guy sticks. But to me, Zettel, like you said, did have a good story. I always loved him, and that when I did see him, he always seemed to flash on the screen of like 
getting pressure, hustling down the line, making a tackle five yards down the field when nobody else would. Like, I ever since we drafted him, which I wasn't a big fan when we took him, I thought, man, this guy not only hustles, but he, he does have some production when he's in. So um, that was kind of sad, but, I mean, I guess I'm just going to trust in our GM. And like you said, I'm kind of glad they're always willing to look and to not be afraid to hang on to a guy. So it was kind of surprising news, but we'll just wait and see if it ends up turning out to be a positive or a negative. So, um, yeah, no you know, problem. good luck. Ho- hopefully Zettel catches on somewhere else, or maybe he could come back here in a different capacity uh, with the Lions. But, uh, yeah, that just broke uh, as we were coming on. So I thought we'd at least uh, chat about it for a second with the people so Hughes with that being said we are coming up to this ball game the kickoff of the NFL season board field at night the first Monday night game of the year don't think uh well, we played the Giants I think a few years ago where he kicked it yeah. off but other than that never happened in my lifetime um Sam Darnold this 21 year old punk is under center. He's uh, everyone's talking about. That's going to be the whole story of Monday night. Is ooh, Sam Darnold starting? What's he going to do? I hope we lay the wood to this kid. I hope Matt Patricia brings every blitz that he's got in his back pocket, and we just unload the cannons on this guy. And then Matt Stafford says, "Hey, you know how I always would take the three quarters off and then show up in the fourth? I hope he just drops a bomb on the Jets from get go." What are you thinking? Yeah, I hope you're right, man, because that's all the story is going to be leading up to Monday is Sam Darnold leading the Jets. You know, the Lions had a crappy preseason, so who knows what's going to happen. But you're 100% right. I hope we just come out, just wax them, put 40 points on the board, hold them to 10 points or under, and just put a show on national TV that, nope, this wasn't a mistake. Patricia's the man. He's got it under yeah. control. Lions are Lions are for real. And that would be huge because – you know if Darnold has any type of success. Let's say in the first quarter he has a couple of good drives or he puts one in the end zone. Like, you know, we don't want to get off to any bad foot or I don't want to walk away from this game on Monday where people are clowning the Lions. This rookie came in and was able to slice and dice us on defense. I'm expecting some sacks first and foremost because I think he's going to hold on to the football way too long. You know, as a rookie, or if he gets it out quick, we've seen what when they try to overthink it and they get it out quick, these little dink and dunks that we don't do anything. So I'm yeah. expecting a lot of that from him. And then when he does try to say, oh man, it's the third quarter, I'm down 14 points, he tries to take a few risks. I'm expecting GQ and big play slay to be all over mm-hmm. that football and be taking some turnovers, hopefully to the, to the house, because mm-hmm. we have to make this guy pay for being so young and inexperienced. And also, he doesn't have a bunch of good skill players. He's got a bunch of nobodies on the outside. He's got a, a cast of characters in the backfield. Like, we need to have no fear and just go lay the lumber. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's, no, there's not really anybody on the offensive side of the ball that scares me. I mean, Robbie Anderson had a decent season last year, but, you know, it's kind of a one-hit wonder type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Crowell is kind of a journeyman running back at this point. I mean, Powell, has, he hasn't been good enough to lead the way, but he's, you know, he's decent. So I think you're right. I think you'll see a lot of dump offs to Powell. They have four tight ends on the roster and none of them have ever heard of before. So I just I just don't think they have the firepower on offense to kind of keep up with us. Um I mean on the defensive side of the ball they're a little bit better. I mean that's definitely the strength of their team, especially with that young safety out there. Um but yeah, I don't uh, I don't see anybody on offense that startled me. And I like how you ran down those names because I remember in the free agency talking about how I kind of like Isaiah Crowell from a youth perspective and just a hard-nosed runner. 
Um, you know, Powell, like, can catch the ball, do some things. Uh, you know, I like their tight end. Uh, Herndon, he's getting all these rave reviews, you know, and then I've always, like, kind of been a half a fan for, you know, some of these cast-off receivers. But my thing, too, is they're, like, all new, too. They have no chemistry. They've all either coming to the Jets or were here last year where they didn't have this quarterback, didn't have anything going on. So, like, to me, even if they end up being better as the season goes along, they should not be good against us week one in a rowdy, rowdy house of Ford Field. So that's what I'm thinking. Now, the defensive side of the ball for the Jets, we got to get into that. Like, they've been real fortunate the last few years in the draft. Like, I feel like the Jets have just sat at their pick, you know, Mm -hmm. and just slept until it's their time to select. And, oh, hey, it's the best player in the draft. Or, hey, it's this absolute beast of safety, you know, just fell to us. How lucky are we? So, like, I feel like they have rushers and they have, um, you know, guys in the back end that that are good. But... It is time. I have in my sheet here in front of me, will this team step up? And I'm talking about the Detroit Lions use. Will they step up and will they say, I don't care who you got on the back end. I don't care where uh, these guys played in college. I don't care where they were drafted. We're going to throw the football all over the field, and when we want to run it up the middle, we're going to pound you. Like, that's the kind of mentality we have to have, you know, against not only this defense, but lots of defenses. So talk to me about that defensive side of the ball, what you're seeing and, and what you think we can do offensively against them. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think on defense, the main guys that stick out are obviously Leonard Williams. He's kind of coming to his own after Wilkerson had left. Um, he's kind of a stud there in the middle. As, you know, they play their 3-4 defense, so he's on the defensive end up there. Um, you know, Deron Lee and Williamson are their – middle linebackers who kind of fly all over the field. And their secondary is really a strength. I mean, Morris Claiborne on one side, Tremaine Johnson on the other side, and then Adams and May in the backfield as far as safeties go. So, you know, they got some thumpers back there, but I don't I don't think like, – I think it's a good matchup for us because, you know, obviously our running backs out of the backfield with Carrion and Theo are probably, you know, some of the best pass catchers. So having those linebackers cover them is not a big deal. And with, with Kenny, Marvin, and and uh, GT, we can stretch the field and not worry too much about it. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to, obviously, the five guys protecting Stafford and giving them enough time for routes to open up and, you know, length to throw and, you know, Stafford being on the money. So I think that's that's really what it comes down to for our offense because the offensive line has has had not so pretty preseason, there's no doubt. That's the whole thing, man. It's so crazy to, like, Look at that preseason, look at the new coach, look at the new scheme, all these big question marks that are still out there and say, what the heck are we going to get on Monday? If you had to guess, Hughes, what do you – let's take the offensive side real quick. If you had to guess right now, a few days out, what do you think you're going to see from this offense in regards to kind of like how they go about it or what you expect when we're talking on Tuesday about this game? Yeah, I'm telling you what I don't want to see. And that's the coming out flat for the first three quarters, going into the fourth quarter. I want to, I want to come out and like, I don't want us to lean too heavy on the running and be like, okay, well, we're here to run this year. We got Blunt, we got Carry On, we're here to run. I just want us to, to like, go with what the game allows. Don't get, don't get stubborn. Don't try to, you know, run too much, throw too much. Just go with your game plan. And I think, I think the game plan playing strength to the, the team is 60% throw and 40% running and. You know, hope that the guys up front keep Stafford safe and holes open. So, I mean, I think that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. We've got a good rotation of, you know, four guys that we can hand the ball off to. 
keep guys fresh, keep guys moving in and out, um, and just run up and down the field. Yeah, good stuff. I remember me and you chatting a lot last year, though, and, and there were some pretty big frustrations with this offense as far as not taking any risks, not throwing the ball downfield. Like, when we did run, I mean, it's so predictable. You can call it from home. Oh, run off the right tackle. You know, oh, draw. You know what I mean? All those types of things. Like, do you think we're going to see a, a new JBC, a new Jim Bob Cooter this year without Jim Caldwell, or do you think it's going to be more of the same? I think there's going to be a little bit, a little bit of the same, but a little bit different side of things too. Um, I think they'll be more willing to open it up a little bit. I mean, we saw how big of a downfield threat Barbie could be, and I think we'll kind of use that a little bit more, hoping that your boy, uh, old Kenny comes into play too and starts, stops catching the ball like, uh, Pettigrew, but, you know, I think that's going deep uh, all day. I mean, he, he's a weapon and he showed out last, last year in our first game with a couple of touchdowns, so I think, I think they'll be a little bit more aggressive this year compared to last year, but I think it still comes down to whether or not they get the protection to do that. Yeah, my thing is, uh, you know, I'll hit on Galladay real quick because, like you said, I have been touting him all year. Like, one of the main reasons I like him, Hughes, is because sometimes what I look at in the NFL is, you know, are you talented first and foremost and you look fluid on the field, but who are you going against? Like, to me – Kenny Galladay is going to be lost in the shuffle. He's going to be that third receiver a lot of times that is getting that that second, third, even a fourth corner sometimes on him. And that's where I think you can take advantage because, to me, he's just too big and athletic to be de- dealt with by some of these real backup backups. So I think he's going to have lots of good matchups all year, and I hope they don't just dink and dunk with him. I hope they, they air it out because – Stafford can air it out, and we just need to stretch the field a little bit more. But my big worry in coming out of Monday is that we're going to get so hung up with this new offensive line and running game that we're going to, like, force it, which I want to run the football, but I don't want to come out and be so set on running it that we just look like garbage if those guys can't move the Jets. I mean, like we said, the Jets have some big boys up front, and if you can't get the job done – Sometimes our best offense is slinging it around, you know, spreading people out. And uh, what I'd really love to see, too, is Theo, like, every time he's in the game, I don't ever want him to run the ball, but I want him split way out wide. I want him in the slot. I want him running routes all year. Like, I would just love it if he had 60 catches and didn't do anything else, you know? Right. And and then had those those breakaway plays. And he's a, he's a nightmare in the red zone. Nobody can handle him on those option routes underneath. So yeah. I, I really want to see the offense and Matt Stafford, like, use his weapons properly because I feel like there's so many times I'm banging my head against the wall going, why are we running Amir Abdullah up the middle? He's like 180 pounds and he's shifty and he's just running into tacklers. You know, why is Theo – not being utilized even more in the passing game. Why is Kenny never out there? You know what I mean? So I'm I'm hoping he really opens it up. And, like, I think I'll be able to tell you after Monday if this is, like, a really opened-up, new, fresh offense or if I'm just shaking my head going, same same garbage again, you know? Same old. So I think that's really important to the game, not only this game, but the whole season, where we go on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think so. I think one of the more interesting – new dynamics this year is how actually they use the running backs. Um, you know, because Carrion looked good against Oakland, and that was really it. And, you know, they kind of showcased Blunt there in the second game a little bit. And, you know, Amir was Amir. So 
it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I mean, I, I have to anticipate, you know, opening drive coming out on, on Monday night that Blunt will be in the backfield, but I definitely think that we'll see, you know, all three of those guys get carries with, you know, Theo being the main guy on third down. Would you say offense or defense is going to win us games this year? I think it's going to come down to defense. Do you think we have enough to, to win ball games with our defense and our, our defensive head coach? You know, the roster has talent to it. I think I think the, what's going to make or break is how quickly these guys can learn the scheme that Patricia is trying to coach. Because I think, like, watching the preseason games where, you know, I don't want to get too much involved in the preseason games just because they don't like to show a lot. But to me, it just comes down to, you know, the defense learning a brand-new scheme and understanding, like, what he's trying to do. Because, I mean, he's got a track record that it works, right? And New England was never known to have big names on defense to have a solid defense. And I think that's kind of the philosophy we have to work with right now because, you know, our front four besides Ziggy isn't really big-name guys. So I think it's just a matter of understanding the the defense and making it work because I think we do have the guys to have a solid defense. Okay. I I like your – your thought process there, I guess where I'm at with it is I feel like the defense is going to, I think you kind of hit on it, might take a while to sort of get the scheme and get going. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I harp so much on offense. Jim Cooter's returning. Matt Stafford's been here, you know, 10 years now, mm-hmm. um, a few years in the system. A lot of our skill guys have been around. So we added three, four skill guys that are all new. So to me, in the early part of the year, we got to, we gotta put up points from jump, man. We gotta put up yeah. points in bunches. We gotta start in the first, second, and third quarters. We gotta like make that our strength and let the defense figure it out, come along. And then I agree with you. I think that in the long run, once they get their pieces and once they get the system down, like we're gonna be so happy with how multiple this defense can be and how explosive mm-hmm. I think they can be with edge rushers coming from the linebacker position safeties and corners that can really not only cover but hopefully can turn the football over but I don't know that it's going to be there right away Hughes I think that if if we you know we talked about maybe we can just kind of get by and just beat up the Jets but I think some of those other good teams if we can't score we're gonna we're gonna be hurting you know and uh, you know maybe losing a few games we shouldn't lose just because our offense let us down our defense was good but I don't expect them to be great right out of the gate so um, I'm leaning offense you got defense that's always good when we got uh, two different takes and two different sides of view on things so um, we talked it up Hughes we're at this point there we get a million Mm -hmm. other things we could talk about but I want to go right now big Hughes who are you predicting what is the score and who are you taking when this is all said and done and the the dust has settled on Monday Night Football, Jets, Lions. Yeah, so I mean, when I when I woke up this morning, this is the vision. This is the vision that I've had because I've been dreaming about this since last January. Is <laughs> the opening opening day of Monday Night Football against the New York Jets, 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 Jets. But here's what's gonna here's what's gonna happen is when when they when ESPN cuts to go to the Raiders and Rams, they're gonna be talking about Detroit Lions forty five. Ooh, big number. Ooh. New York Jets, six. It's going to be all out. Take them to the woodshed. Teach them welcome to the NFL. Ziggy Anza is going to decide that he wants to play because all the other teams are going to be watching, so he's going to work for a contract. Ziggy's going to come out three or four sacks, maybe a fumble recovery, 
something along the lines of Stafford's just going to slice and dice like a surgeon. Oh, man, that's that's a big apple beat down, Hughes. That's what I like to hear. So, and if you got the vision, man, I, I can see that as well. But I, I love that take, a big score, a little score for the other people, and uh, have have the rest of the NFL talking about us uh, heading into that second game, um, what we're doing. So, so I, I love that take. I, I obviously hope that happens, and I hope more Lions fans will think that way about, uh, yeah, we haven't looked great, and, yeah, there's still a lot of work to do, but – no reason we couldn't come out and really put on a good performance on Monday. So, 100%. So on my end, if I, if I got to be held down to a prediction right yeah. now, um, you know, I'm looking at this game as a uh, man. It, it's just a huge game for the whole franchise for our head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at home. You know, I've been to a couple games Monday Night Football at Ford Field, and it's an absolute snake pit, man. I've never been somewhere so loud when that place really gets rocking. So even though it's a little bit earlier. Uh, 7 o'clock rather than the 8, 9 o'clock kick. I think that place is going to be crazy. I think, uh, you know, we're going to scuttle a bit in the beginning. I expect the first few drives both on both sides of the ball not to be what I would hope for. But when everybody starts complaining or everybody is kind of down is when this team's going to pick it up early in the first, second quarter there and get rocking and rolling. So I, I'm not willing to go up in the 40s where you have it, but I'm looking at uh, like a 31 Lions I got I got the old Jets down there at uh, at uh, fourteen. I got them at okay. two touchdowns. So double doubling them up basically, and uh, and and this is one too that like to make me feel good about it or what I see happening is that not only are they going to run the football when it matters, whether that be in the beginning or late in the game when they need to, but I see us just putting all this comeback crap behind us and winning this game. Handily, like I, I feel it's going to be like thirty-one-seven. You know, um, start the fourth quarter. Jets will get a cheapie at some point, and we'll just kind of coast on through and get it. Or, or maybe we get a touchdown in the fourth, and we're up two scores for the rest of the game. And we just, we, we do what we love to see. I want to see that kneel down in fourth Absolutely. field and let that, and let that clock run out. So that's what I see happening. So do you think, you think after Patricia's first victory, he gets a, a Gatorade bath? Oh uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, uh, if you're if you're leading me to your boy Schwartz, I, I don't think he's going to be carried off on the on the shoulders no, of no. the players. That's for sure. I like I like where your mind at, but I was more leaning you <laughs> towards the the short sleeve garbage bags he likes to wear on the sidelines. But I didn't know if he was just preparing for the the shower because he's he's wearing a poncho twenty four seven. But I think we'll say we'll save that for another episode though. <laughs> Okay, yeah, man. Sounds, I mean, like you said, if he gets the bath, he's definitely good with that slicker of a, uh, I don't yeah. know if that's a, if that's a 12 gallon or 15 gallon trash bag he's got on with the top cut out for a, I know. his head through, but, uh, he, he's ready to roll. I think Matt Patricia is this kind of guy. Like, they usually do that, don't they, for like the head coach. They give him like something on your first big win, but to me, he doesn't play that noise, man. He's no, going to be yeah. like, this is the first game of the year. we got so much work to do to be where he wants to take this team that I don't think he has it. Or I'll give him a little bit, this will be a little bit of a two-sided coin. I've seen the guy be cool enough now where if the players were to do it, he would be really, like, like happy about it as in regards to, like, thanking them for being so cool or showing their appreciation. So I could see it both ways. I don't think he'll be a red ass if it happened. But I think I could see him kind of telling them ahead of time, "Hey, we're we're not we're not winning any Super Bowls today." So yeah. I don't know. That's what I like the most about him is he's kind of a 
disciplinarian, but he's also a person, you know, where he can be like, hey, man, thanks, appreciate it. Guys, we got a lot of work to do. You know, that kind yeah. of response with a smile on his face. Because you ever watch this guy's press conferences, Hughes? Yeah. He, he does, like, every time somebody asks him a question, he's fired up to hear the question. He's excited. He's, like, ready to chomp at the bit to answer. Not stupid Jim Caldwell, where he just, like, was he awake half the time or he had these pre-prepared responses? Like, Matt Patricia cares, and he's fired up every day he goes into work, and I love that. So, um, no Gatorade baths on the slicker, but mm-hmm. I expect and hope that we will see a, a legit Gatorade bath used before this is all said and done with Matt, Pat, Bob Quinn, and this team. So I hope I'm not, so. I'm not telling it, you when, but I'm saying uh, we're yeah. going to have a Gatorade bath, and it's going to happen in February at some point. I think I think if it does happen on Monday, his biggest concern is going to be where the pencil went because it's, it's it's not easy to keep the pencil in the ear when you're getting bathed. <laughs> no, no. he. Uh, I think he's got backups, though. Or I mean, don't get me started. I think at the preseason game, I thought he had like a mechanical up there that had a logo. I thought he was selling out to branding already with the old pencil. But uh, as long as he has a couple number twos in the back pocket, yeah. I think he'll be good to go. Yeah, he hasn't sold out on the garbage bag yet because I did go to Home Depot looking for the short sleeve Lions logo garbage bag, and, and sure. old Betty behind the counter looked at me like I was crazy. So <laughs> Okay, not not out yet. That hasn't Not out yet. Yeah, you no. NFL shop in a couple weeks, yeah, I'm sure. sure. So, Hughes, we've, we've given our production predictions. We've talked all about the Jets. We've given the news and notes. Yeah. You weren't here last week, but mm-hmm. last week we debuted questions, Hughes. We had questions from our listeners. It was a big hit with the fans, and Grifka absolutely loved it, i got to tell oh, you. Oh, sure. So, we did have a few questions that we're sending today. I thought I'd tee them up for you, and you can okay. uh, help answer the questions uh, that came in. Are you cool? Absolutely. I, one thing I do got to say, though, I'm a little disappointed that Griffin couldn't make it because I was hoping for him to say this isn't Wayne Corbett's New York Jets. But I guess we're going to have to wait till week two preview to hear. You you know Grifka, like Wayne Corbett is is too new for Grifka. Grifka <laughs> would definitely have turned the clock back to good old Broadway Joe. He would have told you about uh, – some other players that were before I was even born. So, yeah, we haven't got any of the crazy references in, but uh, we, uh, we we miss you, Grifka, but we don't because some of those topics uh, are just uh, – you turn the clock back on us too much. So, Grifka, is, is it true is it true he couldn't make it tonight because he's at the Odell Beckham fan club meeting? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he may be. Uh, Grifka is uh, – he's hiding that fandom, but, I mean – I wish I would have had, like, a camera on him when he signed that deal, Odell, because I'm sure Grifka not only was jumping up and down but was uh, dabbing or doing something that Grifka shouldn't be doing when that occurred. So he, he loves it. He just fools the people here on the podcast. But uh, Grifka, Grifka will be back, and the uh, funny references will be back, and I'm sure he'll – if Grifka had a prediction he was right now, it would probably be, will the Lions win or will the Lions have trouble with the Jets? Maybe. Do I think they – Will, no, I I don't know. I totally messed that up. Griffin would somehow co- he he covered both sides of the coin like he does perfectly, which I just totally failed at. But uh, like you say, he'll be back uh, before you know. We'll probably do another show here before we get to uh, Sunday. So, uh, but it's been totally cool with you hanging in. So, Hughes, let's get to these questions. Are you All right, ready? Let's do it. I'm ready, man. Lay my first me. first question, Hughes, comes to us from Luther and Pontiac. Oh, okay. Luther wants to know. What will it take to make Ford Field a true home field advantage this year? And then he puts in little letters here. You know you got to get that crowd hype on third and ten. Let's go. Ah, 
Ah, okay, Luther. And then he has, like, an emoji. There's an emoji. of him like, waving his arms up and down. Right. Luther was playing on the field at the old Pontiac Silverdome. I think they call that the reverse angels in the outfield. You know, where you're (laughs) waving your arms, but your palms are up. So I think that's that's the move they need to work on in training to have is getting the crowd going. But, no, I think... Hold on. Before you answer, did we just make fun of Grifka for a few minutes, and then you went with an angels in the outfield reference? He was, is that in your DVD collection? In tribute to Grifka. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my, that was a deep pull by you. But uh, <laughs> yes, Luther, Luther and Pontiac would like to know: is, is it going to be crazy there? Well, I mean, we, me and you were both in the building a handful of years ago when the Lions finally crawled out of the abyss and got a, a home game on Monday Night Football against the Chicago Bears. And I've never ever been in a stadium or anything in my entire life that as loud as it was. That's back when we were counting false starts because the, you know, the crowd was so ruckus and getting everybody into the crowd. And, Scott oh, yeah. had a 60-yard touchdown, and the place is just going bananas. And I feel like we come out, do what we got to do against the Jets. That's the kind of atmosphere that pe- people are pumped up for, for Lions football, man. All the other three teams in this city are just complete poop right now. So Lions are excited. Fans are excited. They want some Lions football, and I think, you know, they're going to bring it on Monday. Well, there, there's absolutely no doubt that Luther and Pontiac is fired up, and uh Hughes, if I remember that game correctly, that's when uh, Jay Cutler absolutely cried on the field. Not, uh, I think it was the first time he cried after many on the field. And I'm hoping that we make Sam Darnold cry with this crowd noise and that we get just as many uh, offsides uh, or false start penalties because uh, it's just going to be absolutely crazy, and I can't wait to be there. So, um, Luther, we appreciate the question. Next question, Hughes, comes from Mel in Bristol. Hmm. Mel would like to know, what is your grade for the 2017 draft? And that includes, we got Davis, Keys, Kenny Boy, uh, Reeves Maiden, Mike Roberts, Agnew, Ledbetter, and the rest. What, do, what are you thinking about those fellows uh, as we head uh, into, uh, what, year, year two here? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first I want to say, Mel, I know that, uh, you know, you called me and Oakley for a lot of your, your secrets and your material that you put on TV, so we appreciate you reaching out to the podcast here, but, you know, if you kind of, if you kind of look at the 2017 draft, you can, you can kind of notice now the last three or four guys have kind of, you know, snipped out of town already. So, but I have to say the front part of it, a lot of it's, it's a make or break year for me, I think with, with Davis, um, you know, he struggled a lot with his coverage in in the preseason. Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to that, but, but right now I'm just going to give the draft class B. B. Okay. Uh, right before I came on here, I was listening to some people, and they were just dogging Jared Davis. They were saying mm-hmm. just how bad he was. I think he's getting a totally bad rap, more mm-hmm. so than necessary, just because of some coverage issues. And they've only seen him. I mean, he's only been – he basically started from day one as a middle linebacker in the NFL. To me, that's a that's a check plus right there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you're still going to see good things from this guy. Tease to me, is still a wild card. I mean, yep. you know I'm, I'm thumbs up on Kenny. Uh Reese Maven, uh, so you're at a B. I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be crucial a little bit, I got to be in the B minus range just because I expected more from Mike Roberts than we've seen so far, and I thought Reese Maven could be a little bit more impactful. And then if Kenny and Tease uh, take a step up, and Jamal Agnew ends up being the same type of explosive player he was, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to move up quickly into the A, a range. Uh, 
So I'm not too worried about the back end of the draft, but yeah, if they get those first five uh, five players uh, all contributing and be on this team, it's going to be a, a good grade for me. So. Yeah, and I think I think this season is crucial because next next year at this time we could be talking about those same guys all in the starting lineup with Davis, Keys, Kenny, Michael Roberts, Reeves, Maven, and even Jamal Agnew. So if that ends up being the case where you know. All those guys have a starting spot. You get five starters out of one draft, and to me, that's a that's a, a great draft. Yeah, absolutely. And people just grade these too early. Got to let this stuff play out. Like to me, the draft is always a little bit of a longer game. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. let terrible players just hang around because you drafted them. But you can't you can't cut bait on people too much. The NFL is a team game too. You know, like Jared Davis is only as good as the other ten guys around him on defense sometimes. Yeah. So. Hopefully we'll see some improvement there. So we got a few more questions. Here's the next sure. question comes from Rome in L.A. Rome wants to know, what does Jared Davis have? Wait, let me read that again. Rome in L.A., I don't want to get this wrong. Rome wants to know, why does Jared Davis have such bad coverage skills? Signed, Cricket Wireless. Oh, boy. Cricket Wireless, oh. that's, that's, that's the one with the singing hairball, right? That's what, that's what that wireless company is? I think that's the one you buy at Walmart out of the uh, plastic package. The prepaid boys that they tell you is great, and then you get it, and you can't make a phone call outside of your own home because it's so terrible. Um, Man, he's really cracking. We just talked about Jared Davis. That's a a big shot by Rome in L.A. about the coverage skills of Jared Davis comparing him to cricket. What do you you think? Uh, Can he overcome those youth? The, the one thing I want to say to Rome is, to me, that's just rumor and innuendo. Because realistically, I mean, Davis has been a, sol- a solid player. We know that coverage isn't his strong suit. But, again, he's, this is, he's going into his second full season in the NFL, so there's only only room for improvement. I think, like we said, just said a little bit ago, this is make or break for, for Davis as far as whether he's going to take his game to the next level and, you know, be a defensive stud or if he's just going to be a serviceable two-down you know, linebacker who's got to be taken out on third down. So I think it's a crucial year for Mr. Davis. Yeah, we, we just hit on it. I mean, I think the, the coverage skills will improve. I mean, he, Jared Davis in time will be Verizon. You know, at <laughs> now he's going to be maybe, you know, that T- T-Mobile cheap plan that you get that you wish was better, but it's still the price is right and it seems to make sense. So, uh, you know, I, I don't have any big issues there. Hey, Roman L.A., that was a terrible question, and I don't know why I don't know you, Roman L.A., but I have to give you a manual buzzer for that because that was just garbage. So get out of here, Roman L.A., with that with that trash. Hughes, next question, yes. Dan in Denver. Dan in Denver wants to know, better fan, the foam finger head guy or Ooh. dress in a lion's costume guy? Oh, okay, Boy. we're talking fans now. So I'm going to have to be a little disappointed here with Dan because I think he forgot the most important fan of all, and that's overall's hard hat guy because that guy brings it more than anybody I've ever seen before. He always got the fist balled up and he's screaming something into the camera. Even on an extra point slash field goal, the guy's going insane. So sorry, What's Dan. His name? You... He, has like, he has like the worst name. I can never remember what it is. Do you remember what it is, overall yeah, guy? It's it's overall hard hat guy. Okay. <laughs> I think he actually has uh, some stupid name that has nothing to do with the Lions. But, uh, yeah, that that guy, I mean, that's your pick. But, uh, yeah, he, that's not, yeah, that's not I mean, my guy. Lions costume guy, you know, he. I think he stopped being a season ticket holder one time because he, they got all mad about getting drunk at the game or something. And I think foam ring finger head guy, I think he's relocated to Grand Rapids Griffins or something like that because I haven't – 
haven't seen that big thing running around lately. So, you know, you know who else is underrated as a fan is the yeah. blow up, blow up skeleton with the Korean quarterback jersey number fan. No, that that guy goes way back to the Silverdome days. I mean, think about how intimidating this is as an opposing team. If you look in the front row of the end zone, you have some guy waving a blow-up skeleton with your number on it. Talk about intimidating. Oh, oh, what a great pull. That guy, that guy sits, like, right below where our seat's out in the upper. We can always see him. And, like you said, it's the worst skeleton. It's, like, half blown up. And, like, you would think if a guy did that, I mean, I'm sure he's well off, you know, to have those mm-hmm. front rows. It never, he never upgrades to, like, putting, like, getting the jersey or a good nope. jersey or, like, even the Sharpie, you can never even make out the number. And this guy's just flapping it all game long. I mean, this guy, I mean, he must be doing curls for weeks trying to get ready to flap this stupid skeleton all day long. I mean, he, he's in my top five, no doubt. And you did skip over the foam uh, finger ring hat guy. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, for years since that guy came out, we've been trying to find you and him in the same place at the same time, <laughs> and we can't do it. The pictures are identical. I know you have these multiple foam ring fingers in your closet. You will not show them, but you can you can let it out now in the podcast nope. and just say that's you. I mean, let the people know. Oh, it's all rumored innuendo, son. <laughs> well, you know. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> that, uh... That's a classic question. Like you say, you hit on all the good uh, fans. I did see an article on that Lions costume guy where he wears, like, the jersey, the full pads, the beads, the patches yeah. all over. He had some big story, and, like, I couldn't click the channel changer quick enough when I saw this guy or hit the mute button. I didn't want to hear any of that garbage. But now, uh, I wonder I'm, I'm embarrassed the... by our fans, to be honest, oh, by terrible. these clowns. And I wonder, like, the skeleton guy, like, if he's relieved that he found out it was Cam Darnold. Like, if he had one ready for McCown and Darnold, and he was just like, oh, my God, what, am I going to take both of them? Do I just take one? Or is he relieved that he's got time to make sure he gets an update to his pure white skeleton with black lettering? I was going to say, Hughes, there's not multiple skeletons. This is the same one he bought back in the the uh, 1982 uh, Halloween before he went to the Silver Dome. He does not uh, upgrade or change. This is the same stupid one he's had. So he just he just wipes off the number and puts in the next one. But you know, I, think I, I, think, I think when you guys are there, when you're there Monday, you, you need to get an interview with one of these four characters. Oh, man, I might have to. You know what I was thinking about as we're running down stupid Lions fans or just the people in the crowd? Like, you know what I love is when we go on the road and they always show, like, the pocket of Lions fans that are there. Mm-hmm. Here's here's what I see always. You know, a bunch of stupid kids, first mm-hmm. of all, that, like, like the Lions but have no clue about football. Yeah. Secondly, I see the guy in the North Carolina blue Kevin Smith jersey where he's a big enough fan to go on a road trip or to rep his team in the other city, but he hasn't been able to buy not only a new jersey in the last decade, he hasn't right. bought one that wasn't either from Chinaman or from uh, the old Kmart rack. Like, come on, man, step your game up. Like, And then they always, like, why do we have to wear stupid things on our heads, Lions fans? We don't need you in that... That, that lion's beak hat that I always see out there. Like, just wear a ball cap, maybe a jersey, and rep your team. That's all we need. It's pretty simple if you ask me, but you're right. You always see the, the Meyer of the Kmart jersey representing the wrong, the wrong number. Oh. And never anybody who's on the active roster. That's what I give the skeleton guy is like, I bet if we went back and like Google, Google imaged him, every time he's upgrading his like, 
jersey to, like, the new defensive star. Like, I think he had a Delmas back in the day. Now he's upgraded to a Ziggy. Like, at least he's sort of staying with the times. I mean, these other guys uh, still rocking uh, Kevin Jones or John Kitna. Come on now. <laughs> We're better than that. So. Dan in Denver, great – or in Detroit, great question. And uh, we got to bring those guys up more. Like, when we have a sighting during the game, I'm going to have to note that. We'll have to bring these guys back up because – they are legends in their own right, but we will not hesitate to make fun of them on the on the uh, Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And, uh, Absolutely. Like, let's step it up this year, fans. Just be great football fans, be knowledgeable, and whoop it up uh, for your team. We don't need all the costumes and goofiness. Agreed. Hughes, I got a final question here. Sure. This one comes from Dwayne from Miami. Ooh. It says, at the end of the season, who leads this team in sacks? And will that number be higher or lower than 12? So Ooh. this Rudy Poo is asking you who's going to lead us in sacks, and is it going to be over or under 12? So he's also asking some betting odds. He was, what, do you, what do you got for Dwayne in Miami? A big movie fan, I guess, he put in here, too. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you listening to the podcast, Dwayne. Um, you know, all the way down to Miami is impressive. But I got to kind hey, of Hey, Dwayne. One, one thing for Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne. Just in case you're wondering, the Detroit Quest is the People's Podcast. Oh, absolutely. So anyway, what I was about to say is I think I got a surprising name for you as far as sack leader. I think the consensus would be well out here. I'll I'll answer this in in Grifka terms. Leading sack guy, Kennard. Over twelve, no. <laughs> yes, you nailed it. Oh man, uh, Grifka would be proud. Hughes, no doubt about it. And smell what you're cooking. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's my surprise pick. I think he's shown some flashes. I'm, I have no faith in Ziggy Anz anymore. I think he's just going through the motions at this point. I hope he proves me wrong because that will help the team out. But I think at this point, my leader in the clubhouse is going to be Kennard, and I don't, I don't think he'll get 12. I think we'll be lucky to hit double-digit sack guy this year. Okay, well, nice. You got Devin Kennard. That's a, a name that we brought him in here, but uh, wouldn't have been my first choice. I mean – as, as a crazy wild card, I'm really interested to see not only how he fits in this defense, but, you know, will will he be able to rack up the sack totals again? Like, I don't feel like I've heard or seen much from Kerry Hyder at all. And I know, like, mm-hmm. two years ago, we, like, depended on him as our rush end, you know. So, to me, I'm just going to go chalk here for good old uh, good old Dwayne and Miami and say that uh, leading in sacks, I see um, – I see Ziggy just rock-bottoming people all over the field and just think that, uh, you know, yeah, he's going to get more than 12. He's going to have the year of his life. We're going to love it as Lions fans, and he'll be gone next year because we're not going to uh, pay a man that much or if we can get a friendly deal with him and pair him up with a, you know, this draft has some good rush ends. That would really help our team. But I I see him having a great year and and us probably moving on and and using that money in other areas. So that's what I Absolutely. Good take. All right, Hughes. Well, we worked our way through the questions. I mean, we we love it when everybody sends them in. And, I mean, it sounds like you knew a few of these guys. I mean, to me, these are just our these are some of our great listeners out there, and, and they, they definitely brought the, the heat on some of these questions. So we appreciate that. That's uh, always fun and adding to the podcast. So, Hughes, I think we'll, we'll go ahead and, and wrap it up. I think that uh, next week everybody can look forward to – well, hold on, not next week. We did have uh, Griska both having some technical issues and not being able to be here tonight. So me and Griska will either probably do another podcast uh, in the next few days or before the weekend, 
or we might even do one live at the tailgate. So Ooh. people be on the lookout for that. But um, when we do come back to you, um, we will have more details on where you can find us down uh, tailgating. Basically, we're going to be starting probably in the morning uh, down uh, at the parking lot, just hanging out. And we're going to just whoop it up till game time. And when that game is over and we got that big W, we're probably going to be tailgating afterwards because it's going to be a heck of a time. So more details on that. Uh, we just encourage everybody out there listening to rate, review, subscribe, share this podcast with a friend. And, uh, man, can't believe it, Hughes. Uh, you've been – it's been great having you back on. Totally fun to talk football with you. And I know we've, we've both just been itching for this uh, time to come of when no more, no more training camp, no more preseason, no more um, free agency, no nothing – we're playing real football for the next 16-plus weeks and uh, just cannot wait. So thanks a ton for coming on, and, and everybody just, uh, like I say, share this with everybody. Hughes, you got anything to leave the people with today? Absolutely not. I just I just can't wait for uh, Monday to come and us to start 1-0 and and just take it one game at a time, and, you know, number nine's got to take us. There he goes. There you go. Like you say, that's perfect, man. Just one game at a time, one play at a time, and let's let's just put up W's this year. So I'm excited about it. Um, we'll have more podcasts leading in. We'll have podcast reviewing. Um, we're going to try to bring you all types of cool content now that the season's actually here. So Kool-Aid drinkers, drink it in, man. Uh, this is going to be great. And Hughes, thanks a ton. Uh, let's get out of here, bro. Absolutely. Detroit Kool-Aid, we're out. We'll catch you soon. Later. Drink it in, man.